birds are singing, the sun is out, spring has sprung. Has your wardrobe followed suit? If not, you can get a refresh with Bombas, my favorite brand for socks, tees, and underwear that also has an amazing mission that we support wholeheartedly. Because for every incredible comfy item that I get from Bombas, they match with a donation to someone who is unhoused. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash hard things and use code hard things for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash hard things and use code hard things at checkout. Think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby, and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this. There is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs, and that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand, and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddlers in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets it's match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Because we're adventurers and heartbreaks on map. Welcome to We Can Do Hard Things. Um, you are in for a life-changing week we hope, on this pod, because what we have decided to focus on this week is the best advice we have ever received. The advice that has changed our life or helped us see the world in a new way that has made a real difference in our life. So what we are saying to you, Pod Squad, is that if your life is not a little bit better after this week, then we have not done our jobs. Then we will give you all of your money back that you did not pay to listen to this pod. So what we have decided to do is this first episode is going to be the best advice that Amanda, Abby, and I could possibly offer you. Then we have a little treat from Sarah Bareilles and a special guest. And then Thursday's episode is going to be all of the best advice that we have collected from the pod squad. You all called in your life-changing advice and damned if it didn't help us a hell of a lot. So stick with us for this week. We're going to fix life. That's our small ambition. We're going to fix life this week together. Let's go. Sister, no pressure. You're first. What's the best advice you've ever heard? Damn. Okay. So most recently, I don't think it was meant as advice, Mm -hmm. but it was a shift that I have internalized as advice. Mm. So Glenda, you and I were having lunch and this incredible woman, Justina Blakeney. Oh God, Jungalo. She's the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. She's amazing. I was sitting beside her at the lunch and they brought around this dessert tray mm-hmm. and she said, 
are there any non-dairy items on that tray? And there were like five delicious things. And the gentleman said, oh no, there isn't. And she was like, okay, I pass. And I looked at her and I said, oh my gosh, you don't eat dairy and there's no choices here. And I'm so sorry. Do you want me to go ask if they have anything else? And she said the following. She said, no, sorries. It's self-sovereignty. <gasps> this is what she says to me. Not sorry, self-sovereignty. And she proceeds to tell me about how she has recently decided that the decisions that she is making that make her feel better are understood to her to be from a place of self-sovereignty as opposed to like something that is happening to her or like something the world is doing to her. Depriving. It's not depriving her of. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not deprivation. It is a decision that she is making of her own authority instead of something that the world is imposing on her. Mm. And I thought, well, I'll be damned. And so she said, (laughs) yes, it's self-sovereignty. It's for the good of the realm. Mm-hmm. For the good of the realm. So her world is her realm, her family, her people, her ecosystem, her business. And when she decides that something is good for her, she makes the decision through her own self-sovereignty and then declares it for the good of the realm. And then she waves her arm. Please understand. Mm-hmm. She waves her arm as if she's gesturing to her realm. To her broad and bountiful realm. (laughs) And she says, for the the good good of of the the realm. realm. And I have taken that internally as my new thing that I like to say. So if I'm going on a walk and the house is chaotic and there's too much to do and it's vastly inconvenient for everyone involved, I just wave my hands as I walk out the door and say, for the good of the realm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I do what I need to do. Can we get so good. into that a minute? Because yes. that is funny and beautiful and queenly. Justine is very queenly. Everyone should just go to her Instagram at Jungalo and just yes. see her so that you yep. can like understand how amazing this is. What Justina has done is reframe the entire bullshit of, but if I do this thing for myself, it's selfish. I can choose myself or I can choose my people. And so I choose my people. No, you can't. False dichotomy. When you serve yourself and make the decision for yourself, that flows out into everyone else and they see your power and they see your strength and they get permission to be that way. And even if they don't, it doesn't matter if they don't pick up the message. Who the hell cares? You know (laughs) that you are doing it for the good of the realm. Whether they see that or not or understand it or not, that is their business. Your business is to be (laughs) self-sovereign and to be the expert of yourself and to do the thing that you need to do and then declare it for the good of the realm. And all of the minions in the realm may or may not appreciate this about you. So true. We can't tell. It reminded me of episode 33 really early on when we were talking about what the hell does brave mean? And maybe brave is just being the expert of you mm-hmm. and just doing that, whether or not people understand it. Mm-hmm. That's the self-sovereignty part. It's like, no, I'm doing this not 
as a reaction to a collective decision and understanding that this mm-hmm. is the right thing for me. I'm just doing it because I alone am the expert of me. Mm-hmm. And that's the sovereignty part. And then I also know that as the leader of this realm, what is good for me is good for you, whether your ass knows it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the good of the realm. <laughs> and I know I'm probably for you focusing too much on the other person, but I think what people think is what that means is what is good for me is the same thing that's good for you. So we're good. And I don't think Mm -hmm. that's what it means. I think it means what's good for you is to see me doing what's good for me so that you too will understand that you need to do what's good for you. Yes. It's a modeling of a process, not a particular thing that's going to be good for everybody. So let's think of some things that pod squatters can do for the good of the realm today. Like for example, if you're home and your whole family is driving you batshit, and you walk into your bedroom and you're going to take a nap. Before you go close the door, you yell out your door for the good of the realm. And then you close the door. <laughs> yes. And then this you sort of it. thing. Well, and I just want to say, I, I think that there's so many folks that are listening right now that are probably thinking that sounds nice in theory. How do I begin this? Right? Like it does take an act of bravery to begin this escapade, this like active adventure into becoming self-sovereign. And I think that one thing that I have learned from Justina is that she is regal and that kind of regal honor that she gives herself actually makes me want to do that for myself. And so when Mm -hmm. I think about our children and I think about all the things that especially teenagers, they don't really listen to necessarily the words that are coming out of our mouths, but they watch what we do and if we are acting in service of ourselves, then they will start doing that for themselves. And I just, I know that it's hard, but just try it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It reminds me of like, I walk around, I'm like so good in all these areas and I'm like, oh, isn't it cute and funny and kind of quirky that I'm not good at taking care of myself? That's bullshit. Yeah. The self-sovereignty, that is the difference between the people we see as martyrs and the people we see as regal in the ultimate self-integrity sense. You can't be both. You can't be sovereign and not be sovereign over yourself. Mm. That's right. Then you're not sovereign. You're something else. You're Mm. like, you're performing Mm -hmm. goodness. Mm -hmm. But when you apply the same wisdom in decision-making and the same efficacy towards yourself, as you do to everything else in your life, that's when you are a realm creator. Like yeah. That's when you're really doing it. Right? That's really good. Yeah. And when you're, you know, the sovereign thing versus like the servant thing, which is what I was always taught in Christian culture, like be a servant, be a servant, be a servant. Um, there is such a bitterness that comes with that, that you can't help but be. When you're in that Mm -hmm. place and that sort of bitterness of martyrdom is such a burden for people around you, like for your kids, for whatever. It's like such a shift in in giving them a gift and a baton of freedom as opposed to giving them the burden of knowing that you really believe in your heart that you're dying for them. And Justina's Mm -hmm. like, I'm living for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My role is to live for my realm, not to die mm-hmm. for my realm. It's really good. Yeah. It also 
for me, it makes me more comfortable around people and trust mm-hmm. people more and feel less self-conscious or insecure around people who I know are this way. I have a friend, Laura, who does what she wants, who says what she thinks, who will not do things begrudgingly or what she doesn't want to do. And the freedom and ease I feel around her because I'm never questioning, oh, is she mad about this? Or is she, does she really want to do this? That is all taken care of. Like Mm -hmm. she wouldn't be doing it if she didn't want to do it. Yeah. There's just like a freedom yes. in that in a relationship because there isn't this questioning situation. Yeah, you know what you're going to get. Trust, <clears throat> trust. Yeah, love it. It reminds me of what Lizzie said to me when I was trying to decide whether to leave my marriage that was sort of already broken, but I was giving her the whole spiel of like, but he's a good man and he's this and he's going to be sad forever and I can't do this to him and I can't do this to him. And she said, it's so clear that you are desperate to liberate yourself. And what you need to remember is that there's no such thing as one-way liberation. Mm -hmm. I know we've said this before, but I'll say it again every sixth episode. When you're tied to somebody who you're not supposed to be with, or you're in a place you're not supposed to be, and you're staying out of some sense of obligation, when you're in a shitty relationship, whether it's a friendship or whatever, the other person is usually not also living their best life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you decide to remove yourself from a situation that is not meant for you, it automatically gives the other person liberation to find where they were meant to be or with whom they're meant to be. It's for the good of the realm. (laughs) As it were. As it were. Yeah. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations in multiple systems, the more margin you have and the more of your hard-earned money you get to keep. But with higher expenses than ever on things like materials and distribution, everything just costs more. That's why smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. You'll reduce IT costs, you'll cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you'll improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, and expenses don't slow down, so why should you? By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hard things. Netsuite.com slash hard things. That's netsuite.com slash hard things. Babe, do you have a, a best advice? Yes. Oh, great. I do. I've been given a lot of advice in my life. And mine is a little bit two pronged because I've evolved it in my own personal way, which cool. I think is really important in all pieces of advice because blanket statements may be good for you, but not totally long ago when I was training on the national team, somebody said to me, and I can't even remember who it was so long ago. They said, you never know how good you can be unless you try. 
And that really, really rang true for me because on the national team, our whole thing is like, we're just pursuing growth and excellence. Sometimes that means we win. Sometimes that meant we lost. I mean, we won more than we lost. Let the record show. Yeah, let the record show. But as an athlete, you're trying to make these marginal gains. And every single day you're going out and you're trying to get a little bit better, a little bit better. And it can become really difficult in your mind to understand like, well, what, what am I doing this for? And you're searching for a dream or a goal that's never been attained. And how does somebody do that? And honestly, it's like the continuing to show up every single day and to try to get those marginal gains. But the other piece of this puzzle that I didn't understand until my coach Pia Sundhaga came into my life is that you can believe in something, but you also, I believe deeply in my bones that you have to have a community around you that also believes in that something too for you. So a lot of the people who are in sports are like, when you have goals, write them down. And when you have a goal, tell somebody about it. But Pia in 2011, just kept whispering in my ear. And I think I've talked about this before. She just kept, mm. kept whispering in my ear. Best player in the world, 2011. Best player in the world, 2011. Mm. And I didn't know that that was a thing that I could even be thinking about as mm. something to strive for. And so she just kept reinforcing this thing. The beginning of every camp, she would whisper it in my ear. Now, I didn't win it in 2011. I ended up winning it in 2012, but it's something that was like this little dream bubble inside of me Yeah, that I couldn't necessarily communicate to the outside world because it felt so surreal and so unattainable. And then this other person comes into my world and she starts putting this idea that rang true to me in my head yeah. and in my body that it's like, the universe made it happen. I, I honestly don't believe that I had much to do with it. I know that I had to go out and play and do my thing. But because from the time that I was a little kid, I was dreaming about something that wasn't even possible. Dreaming about being a professional athlete. Dreaming about playing women's soccer. Wasn't even a professional sport. Dreaming about it. Dreaming about it. And the only reason why I was able to actually fulfill this thing that wasn't even possible when I was a child is because. I tried, you know, yeah. so, so many of us, we start our lives and we think about our days and we think about our dreams. And so many of us, I don't know. I, I feel like if you don't try, you will never ever have a chance at whatever your dream is. And mm. so it's the idea that yes, you never know if you can do something unless you try and surrounding yourself with just one other person that might believe that to be true too. Yeah. That's, That's why I'm like the biggest believer of all of us in our family. Yeah. And I feel like this is something that's really a difference or like a point of friction in our family. And, it, and <laughs> right. Like, yeah. yeah. Abby in many ways has been, you know, in Michelle Obama's episode, she talked about like, Barack Obama being her biggest disruptor and vice versa. And Abby has been for sure the biggest disruptor in my world, meaning like a lot of my worldviews, a lot of my ideas about the way things work. She just 
challenged. And so I'm in a lot of more flux than I used to be. Now, the way this dreamer, believer thing plays out, it's like every good thing can also be a challenge, right? So with the kids, (laughs) one of the kids applying to college and Abby's like, I believe you're going to get into every single college that you apply to. Now, mm-hmm. you should have seen Glennon's face when I said that. I this is irresponsible recklessness. It is. Yeah. That's what I said. Like I smiled in the moment, and then we went in the thing, and I was like, "You can't do that." First of all, we could do a whole another episode on the unbelievable impossibility of college for kids right now and getting in. But I am so much more comfortable, or I feel like it's more responsible or kinder to hedge bets. <laughs> Because I'm so afraid that if Abby says this amazing thing is going to happen and I believe, then then if it doesn't happen, the kid will feel like it's a disappointment. Like, right. like Abby will be disappointed. Or mm-hmm. And so my take is like, we don't know what the hell's going to, of course we believe in you, but we don't know this process. We don't know the world. And so anything could happen. And no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. We're going to work through it. You likely couldn't get into all the call. And then we go the other way. Like one of our kids is dating someone and I can't take it. We didn't have a lot of dating before for the older kids. It feels so scary. What did you say to our kid? So when a child falls in love, it is the most out of control, scary thing in the world for a parent because let's face it, it doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't end well. Is right? that true? It, if I'm a betting man, I'm <laughs> going on X nay with a love A. Right. But I'm going to explain to you what I did. And then I don't <clears throat> want any voicemails about it. I want the pod squad to know that I know this wasn't the right thing to do. And I am growing. <laughs> and I am telling you in a vulnerable way. <clears throat> and I have learned since then. But what Abby wants me to tell you, so I will tell you is that <laughs> my kid came home. She's in love. We, we did the whole thing. Yay. Yay. Well, it was when she first came home with a massive crush. A crush, right? Yeah. Okay. And I said to her, we got in the car and I said, baby, do you know why they call it a crush? And she said, why? And I said, because it always crushes you. Like <laughs> in, in the end, it's like, it feels good and happy and butterfly and open, but it will crush you. There is going to come a moment where it all breaks bad and your little heart is going to be smushed and crushed. I said that to my child. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is what I chose to say to my child about love. Love wins. Love warrior. <laughs> you will be crushed. Carry on warrior right until you're crushed. <laughs> and I got home and I explained to Abby the conversation that we had. And Abby looked at me like a murderer. And I was a murderer. I was a murderer mm-hmm. of love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Different kind of love warrior. <laughs> but I guess these are diverging paths of advice, the hopeful, it it will happen. You can do it. Now, Now I want to tell you something. Abby keeps telling our children that these amazing things can happen. 
that I feel like are reckless. And then they keep happening. So I don't have a lot of proof for my worldview yet. Mm-hmm. But I know <laughs> eventually mm-hmm. it's going to all break bad and I'm going to be right. It's not about being right, though. My belief in whatever they want to go for in their life doesn't mean that they are going to always get it. But one thing I know that is certain is if they don't try, that is what the failure is. Mm -hmm. If they don't try to go after the things that are the most important to them, that they feel the most passionate about, that they feel most pulled to do. If you don't try to go towards those things, that is when you actually fail. It's not whether they get into every college or not. I just think it's more important for a person on this planet to feel something, to be activated and to be drawn to the thing and to go for it. I just wanted to say, I like your way better. And like, I feel because I think the goal is for them to have their hearts open. I think what I was telling is I'm so scared that your heart's going to be broken that I'm telling you this right now. So you will keep part of your heart closed. And that is the opposite of what we want. We want our kids to go into the world open-hearted and try. It's like, and try. it's like the idea of like, yeah, the world will break us, but we're not going to break them first. Like let the world tell them they're not good enough. Let the world, whatever, but they're not going to not find belief from the people who love them the most. And also, I don't think the world is going to break us. I think the world (laughs) is going to teach us. I I think language does matter here. Like every heartbreak of my life was the most important lesson I needed to learn. I know. And it sucks to watch your kids go through it. You're the one who said, grab your kid's hand, walk them through the fires of their life. Because what our job is, is to teach them that they are fireproof. Yeah. That that advice was for other people. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I 100% know you're right. It's just the fear in me that that shows up and then wants to protect and protecting your kids from their lives and from love is tragic. I think it's ironic though, because you are one of the most fearless lovers. You love these children I don't know. Maybe it's a protective me- measure for yourself. Yeah, for sure it is. You 100% know? is. What so do see, you mean? What are you going to say? Tell me more about that. Well, first of all, I want to say, Abby, your part about trying to curb, like, you would never have had the audacity to say, I want to be the best player in the world unless someone else affirmed it for you as a conceivable goal. Right. And so what you're doing is trying to say, like, don't tamp down your potential. Don't self-edit your dreams. Be as audacious as you want to be or that any part of your desires wants to be because that's how you find out. And so that's a beautiful thing because of all the self-editing that happens, especially with girls. Is that too ambitious? Is that Mm -hmm. too aggressive? Is that Mm -hmm. whatever it is? And then G-Bird, of course, it's like they're loving reading a book and it's the best and they're falling in love with the characters and whatever. And you're like, well, I just want to tell you because I see you just and and Best the story ends this way. Best this is the way it ends. End. So Best are you sure you want to keep going? Are you sure you want to keep going? I'm preparing you. But that's not the way it's a fiction. Yeah. Like that's not gonna that's not gonna change what they decide to do. You know it's gonna end that way, very likely. And you just have to wait for it to play out. Mm. And it's not gonna stop like, the heartbreak part. It's just gonna poison totally. the love part. 
It's just going to poison. Or it's going to poison her relationship with you. Because I doubt it even poisons the love part. You're you're giving yourself a lot of credit of getting through to her. There's no way in hell that she believes like- But it puts something in the back of her head that maybe, I I don't know. I don't know. I think she's probably just as in love as she was going to be before you said that and is going to be just as crushed as she was going to be before you said it. Yeah. It's a fiction that you think that you're going to prevent it. It's Yeah, just but it's also it. a truth that Glennon is searing into that when it happens, because it will likely happen at some point in her life, she will get heartbroken. She will remember when her mom said this to her and she will remember that, oh yeah, my mom. And so that's the moment it's not now it's when it happens is that she might draw that that conclusion like in a bad way you mean i think so you've rebounded from it we've had the conversation <laughs> cuz i was like that's ridiculous that's not right yeah we circled back we circled, circled back, back. Circled, circled back and went, just psych everything's great it's going to be yeah. awesome you'll probably get married no yeah. we explained that it was mom's fear and that sometimes she tries to control beautiful things by warning everyone that they will end <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's hard to find a great mentor who can help me level up. My dream mentor, Stephen Curry, Simone Biles, episode 38. I was really excited that they have a class on Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, or even in audio mode. If you want to improve your physical and mental well-being, or if you want to build stronger relationships with renowned psychotherapist Esther Perel, go to Masterclass. Esther Perel's class has really been helping me build stronger relationships, and my friend Robin Roberts' class is helping me really expand my communication skills on the podcast and also in life. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash hard things. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash hard things. Bertie, what is your best advice you've received? So here I want to tell my precious beloved pod squad this, that I have been thinking about this episode for several weeks. Usually what I tell myself is think about this interview today. And then I think about it all day. This one I have been thinking about forever. And I find it amazing because I am a human being who has written lots of books with what could be considered advice in it, who has been talking for a decade and a half with what could be considered advice, I guess. And what I want to tell you is that I could not think of anything. (laughs) And when I say that I could not think of anything, finally, yesterday morning in my yoga class, I was like, oh, I think you're just supposed to talk about how you don't have any. I don't think it's going to pop into your head and you're going to have the thing. I think the thing is that you're supposed to talk about how at this point in your life, there is nothing that I can think of that I could say is correct and true all the time. I keep thinking about that Ernest Hemingway thing, like all you have to do is write one true sentence. That was advice to writers. But if you told me that that was my assignment right now, I could not do it. 
I cannot think of any set of words that I could say that feel like they would be applicable to everyone at all times. Like the truest thing I know right now is I guess just like sitting in a room with someone. I got this tattoo a decade and a half ago. It says, be still like that. No, that's not true all the time. Like sometimes the last thing I need to do is be still. I need to move my ass. Suzanne Stabile just came on here and said, your ass needs to be doing. Which is true, right? Like, like make a boundary. You know, I boundaried myself up so much that I turned into a freaking island that no one could reach. Love everyone. No, I extend myself so much and then I get bit in the ass. Like, no, it's like, I don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I'm telling you. I don't know anything. And I find it feels a little bit alarming. I mean, (laughs) you are the most serious person I have ever met in my whole life. First of all, you are the smartest person I've ever met. And also this simple exercise you can't do is the most amazing thing. And it's true for you. It has driven me batshit. But what I'm telling you is I don't think that I'm not smart. I'm not saying I'm not smart, so I don't know anything. I'm saying I think I am finally smart enough to know I don't know shit. Oof. I think I am So do you not know shit about you or do you not know shit to say to someone else? Because there's a difference. Are there true things you can say about you? No. Oh, okay. What I know is that I got sober when I was 25 years old. I'd been lost addiction since then. I was 25, started having babies, baby, 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 building the business, doing all the things, telling all the people, saying all the words. I have not been in touch with my own self and my own body and the fluidity of being human and being a creature on the earth. And so what I know is what I need to do or want to do or feel into next. And so I can't put that into words because it won't be true in four minutes. Fuck. It's it's so annoying how true this conversation is. What I know is that I can have moments of truth with another human being, that I can feel truth when I'm outside, that I can feel the truth of love when I'm next to someone. But putting things down into words and saying that this is true, I don't, I can't, I can't do it. I feel like that in itself is a moment of freedom and truth for me. But you have gotten advice in the past that has led you to that. I remember when Martha Beck told you go towards what feels warm and go away from what feels cold. That was advice that triggered you to understand that you weren't in touch with yourself as a creature and that there was a thing that would eventually, if you paid attention to it enough, feel what felt warm and what felt cold. Yes. And then there was a moment in my life this year that when I got an anorexia diagnosis, that nothing felt harder and more horrible and colder than going towards the understanding of that diagnosis. And then I still knew that I needed to do that. Mm-hmm. There have been guiding forces. I would say right now, the closest I could get, I thought about this one. I thought about saying this one. I was talking to Liz Gilbert about some things and and my relationships 
And she said something very simple that was, it is amazing how when you take care of yourself, the universe takes care of everything else. I know that sounds so simple, but that is where I am right now. That is not, I don't think that's possible for you with your children's ages. I don't. It was true for me when I had a bunch of little kids in a new business. There are things like principles that have guided me well through certain periods of my life and then are completely untrue in the next part of my life. It's like, is truth even possible? Like, what is truth? Togetherness. I think aligned is a good thing for me right now. Like, I feel like I need to be aligned, meaning when I am doing the things that keep me calm, when I'm staying present, when I'm getting fresh air, when I'm drinking my water, when I'm doing my stretching, when I'm doing the most basic things, I seem to be prepared, not in a way of like, I used to be prepared. I used to prepare by overthinking, by controlling, by making sure I knew everything that was going to happen. Now I feel like preparedness is a calm nervous system, is a being so filled up that I can respond, that I can be responsible, meaning I can respond to something someone says or some a problem someone brings to me in kindness and like a feeling of joy and not scarcity. I can be prepared, meaning I am fully here. I'm fully calm. And then that makes me feel aligned. Sometimes recently I'll be like, I can't believe that like that happened. And then I was able to say that thing. Whereas had I been stressed and busy, I would not have been able to meet that moment. Mm. There is like an alignment that comes with really being in touch with what is happening inside my body and I need in the moment. And then I'm able to meet what other people need in the moment, what the world needs for me in a moment, in a way that I haven't been able to do before. Mm -hmm. Because I've Mm -hmm. come with too many preconceived notions and advice and rules and expectations and whatever. And now it's like everything is constantly shifting And I think for a person like me, the way that you're thinking and talking about this feels the most true, but also it feels like the most scary because I like to have more structure. Yeah. It's like advice is dogma. It's like, it's like a religion. Like it's, you know, we put together all the words and then, yeah. And then what if it's not true tomorrow? Mm. When you said that, I just realized for the first time ever that responsible means able able to to respond. respond. I mean, responsible doesn't mean coming with your script of exactly what you need to say and exactly what you need to do because zero part of that involves a response. Mm -hmm. That's just a soliloquy or a sermon. But when you are able to respond, then you're responsible. Huh. That'll get you thinking. We think of responsible as like, I have taken on all of these burdens. I mm-hmm. am responsible for this, for whatever, as opposed to responsible being what I've done, whatever I need to do to be able to respond fully to what comes in this minute, in this hour, in this whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- once again, I fucked up our advice episode. You sure have. Um, I right. really tried to get you to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Love wins. Sarah Bareilles will will tell us something. We asked her when she was in 
that amazing episode 141, one of my favorite episodes ever, how to remember yourself. And she came back to tell us her best advice. So let's hear from her on that. So Sarah, what is the best advice that you've ever received from another human being that you keep with you? And Carol King. It's easy. This one's easy. I was standing side stage at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I was honoring Laura Nero and I was singing a song of hers and I was standing next to Carol King. And that was the first time I ever met Carol King, who was a hero of mine. And I was so nervous. I was singing a song I didn't know that well honoring an artist I didn't know that well. All my imposter syndrome stuff was like so loud. And I was like just shaking in my boots, standing side stage, getting ready to go on. And Carol just put her arm around my waist and she's like, get out of your own way. Go do the thing. Just like get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. They already love you. And I mean, she was the same way. We performed together on the Grammys a couple years later, singing Brave and her song Beautiful, mm. a mashup of that. Um, and she's just a real beacon of like, if I could, I'll have what she's having. Like <laughs> she's, she's got so much generosity of spirit. The coolest people I've ever met are not holding on to any of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're just like, mm. there is enough for everyone. Give it away. Mm. Generosity of spirit. Go do the thing. You're so badass. There's so much to give. And the more you give, the more you get. It's so cliche, but it's really so true. And that was a moment I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And I fucking killed it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And she Did got she a kick out of herself on that yes. stage, I bet. And I looked so cute. My hair was behind my ear. <laughs> God, does it get better than Sarah Bareilles? It does not, indeed. Oh not. my God. With the 2024 games in Paris on the horizon, I've gotten nostalgic about my international career. And when I look back, there are a few things I would have done differently to make sure I made the most of my time abroad. And one of those things was to learn a non-English language more fully. A daunting task, yes, but a much easier one when you consider that Rosetta Stone can get you fast language acquisition through their intuitive, research-based, dynamic immersion approach. That's why they're the most trusted language learning program and have been for years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Whether it's Dutch, Arabic, or Chinese, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, we Can Do Hard Things listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash we can. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash we can today. So before we wrap our first advice episode. I want to talk about one of the best advice givers that I've ever known in my life. I would say probably Liz Gilbert and then Mrs. Yellen. 
Okay, Mrs. Yalen. She's going to be pissed. I know. Okay, Tina. Tina Yalen is my seventh grade government teacher. Okay. She has been in my life since seventh grade. Also my seventh grade government teacher. Yes. Cool. Yes. Tina Yellen. She still comes to our house. Mm-hmm. She now loves Abby, maybe even more than me. Not true. She sends me cookies every Hanukkah. Yeah, she sends cookies to us too. She's been a guide and a sage and a friend to so many of her students. Here's just one story about Mrs. Yellen. There's been 7 million, but a lot of years ago, I decided to become a minister. Okay, like a real minister. Meaning applied for and got accepted to a seminary. Correct. People, I, I just applied want you to, to know. and got accepted to seminary. Okay. I was going to become a minister of a church. And honestly, this had always been a little bit, you know, I started monastery. I started it because of my obsession with monasteries. When I was little, my mom told me that I took my first career aptitude test. It came back and said I should be a nun. Okay. That's interesting. So this has always been in me, right? So I call Mrs. Yellen and I'm like, I just got accepted to seminary. I'm going to go to seminary. And she goes, why? (laughs) I said, well, because I want, I just feel like I want to be like the leader of a church. Like I want to create a community of people who are doing good things and who are loving each other and the truest, most beautiful little world I can imagine. And she goes, you're already doing that. And I said, what? And she said, you already have a church. And I said, no, I wanted like a church with walls, like an actual church, not like an internet church, a church with walls. She goes, what could be worse than a church with walls when you have a church without walls already? Why do you need walls? So wait, you're going to seminary to get walls. That's what you're doing. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'm, I guess I'm not going to seminary. <laughs> Mrs. Yellen said, said more, no. Please send more cookies while I process this new information. Mrs. Yellen said no. <laughs> Thank God. She's the best. So the yeah. reason we're bringing up Mrs. Yellen is because Tina. Our beloved Tina. Sorry, she's the she man that I like. Called. Yelled at us the last time yeah. she was here. She said, "Once and for all, she goes, call me Tina." She goes, "I heard you call Michelle Obama Michelle. If you can call Michelle Obama Michelle, <laughs> you can call Mrs. Yale and Tina." <laughs> so, Emily from our team sent us an email with a voicemail in it the other day. She said, "I think your friend Mrs. Yale and left us a voicemail." Tina. <laughs> so, just please listen to this pod squad. This is. The Tina Yellen leaving a voicemail on our machine. And a good time to shout out all the teachers everywhere who are not only do they do talk about ministers of the people. Oh my God. Doing God's work every damn day for all the people. Remember, she was going through the national board certification Mm -hmm. process when during the time we had her, which Mm -hmm. is the highest certification you could get for teachers. She was doing that to do it, like just to do it. And Bobby's teacher this year, Mrs. Hughes, she was going through the same process. And teachers are so badass. Side note, when I was an eighth grader, I was so in love, like deeply, passionately um, in love with this boy named Chris, who was a senior. 
Okay. And he was like, You were in eighth grade? Yeah, but he didn't know who I was. I just was like, I was infatuated and obsessed. It was a crush. It's called a crush because it's going to crush you. It did crush (laughs) me. Chris was so hot and he had long blonde hair. He was a total metalhead. I was a total metalhead. Headbangers Ball was my favorite show. I was in love with Janie Lane. Peace Festival. (laughs) Janie Lane, Sebastian Bach. I wanted to marry Sebastian Bach. This story sucks. Skid Row. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the deal. They all hate, had really long hair. Yeah. but it's... So it was, my, it was a gateway. The point being <laughs> that I was just obsessed with a senior named Chris. And then I walk into like senior teacher day and Mrs. Yalen had arranged for Chris to be the teacher because she knew that I was so obsessed with him. And then she put me right in the front row. Oh boy. And I was so excited. And she just sat there and laughed at me the whole. Okay. I hate this story. I hate <laughs> any crush stories that you have. All right. Let's hear from Mrs. Yellen. Hi, this is Tina Yellen. I don't miss an episode, but this is the first time I've actually called in. You asked about things that delight us. And I just knew I had to respond. I am hit with intense delight. Whenever you invite me into your home for a visit and give me a couple of hours of your precious time. We talk about things light and deep. We laugh. We might shed a tear. But every time I leave, I am deeply joyful knowing I was given a gift. To me, there's nothing more worthy of delight than when people you love give you their time. I feel this delight with many of my former students, like you, Glennon, who have chosen to keep me in their lives. And grateful doesn't even begin to capture that for me. I'm already looking forward to our next visit. The only thing that would make it even more delightful would be if Amanda, who was also a student of mine, were there with us. To all of you podcasters out there, know this. These incredible women are exactly who you think they are in person. Authentic, honest, thoughtful, insightful, curious, kind, and funny. I love them, and nothing gives me more delight than being in their company. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Tina! What? I think we should have Mrs. Tina on the podcast. We should. I tell you what. She comes over, and this woman is just a ball of energy. What she calls herself, she's a whip, a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. And I will tell you, I just remembered, she says something to me repeatedly when she leaves our house each time. And I think this one might be true. She says to me, because she oh, listens wait, to- people, Glennon's about to admit that something <laughs> might be true. No, 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 Drum no, no. Drum roll, please. I actually don't. She listens to every, every single podcast. So she knows all of our stuff and all of our struggles. And so she grabbed me by the shoulders before she left last time. And she said, Glennon, please understand that there is nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that is some good ass advice. So I can admit that that is true for everyone else. Pod <laughs> so squatters. A ridiculous human. What I want to say to you is I want to hold you by the shoulders and say, there is nothing wrong with you. And perhaps the only thing that has ever been wrong with us is the wild wrong idea that there is something wrong with us. And I think what Mrs. Yellen is trying to say to me after 70 years on this earth is please stop wasting your precious time on this planet 
thinking that you are a mystery to solve when there is so much beauty to just enjoy. Mm. Um, damn. It's good to end on. We love you, Pod Squad. There is not a damn thing wrong with you. Love you, Tina. Bye. Bye. If this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to us if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to do each or all of these three things. First, can you please follow or subscribe to We Can Do Hard Things? Following the pod helps you because you'll never miss an episode and it helps us because you'll never miss an episode. To do this, just go to the We Can Do Hard Things show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and then just tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. This is the most important thing for the pod. While you're there, if you'd be willing to give us a five-star rating and review and share an episode you loved with a friend, we would be so grateful. We appreciate you very much. We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. I give you Tish Melton and Brandy Carlisle. I walked through fire, I came out the other side. I chased desire, I made sure I got what's mine. I continue to
Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location. It's the neighborhood. It's so much more. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with state rankings and student-to-teacher ratios. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.